I praise you? Well, Lord, I praise you. Oh, Lord, I praise you. Oh, Lord, I praise you. Oh, Lord, we praise you now. Just tell him we love him. Lord, I love you. I love 
service at this time, take our special needs to the throne of His grace. Man, isn't that a lovely spirit, atmosphere? Man, just to take a moment, pause from the busyness of the week. Man, it's just like an oasis for my spirit. I don't know about yours, but I love to worship my Heavenly Father. Amen. I'd like to uh, ask Brother Sam Britton if he would be ready to take the needs to the Lord for us. And, uh, We'll just want to keep Brother Joe Drum in our prayers. He had an accident today. Uh, he's okay, but the car was totaled, so I'm sure he's uh, shook up from that incident. So we'll keep Brother Joe Drum in our prayers, and certainly our hearts go out to him. And if you would uh, continue remembering Sister Lisa Pascal in prayer, having just been released from the hospital from her surgery, so we'll pray that God would. God's mercy would be with her in recovery. And if you would remember Brother Mark Coffee in prayer, he's having some heart issues. Um, very serious need. We want to remember that in prayer. And let's remember Brother Keith Buchanan in prayer as well. Friends, he just had a rough day. And uh, our heart is with him, and we'll be praying for him as well. Uh, if you'd remember Sister Connie Hughes also in your prayers, she's uh, she has a virus. Our brother John Harwell is not feeling well. Sister Haley Coffee also is not feeling well. And uh, report the uh, brother, brother Earl and Sister Jane Munch are doing much better. So we're thankful for that. So let's just remember those special needs in prayer. If you have any unspoken prayer requests, you can make them known at this time. prayed dear heavenly father lord first of all lord i'm gonna say i love you lord lord thank you lord just for this opportunity to be here lord, we know lord it's a wicked world that we live in father lord but you gave us a place of refuge to come lord and that is you lord lord I ask you tonight lord that you would just be with the service or be with the pastor lord as he brings your word lord anoint our ears lord just to hear lord what you're trying to tell us father Lord, all these requests, Lord, that were mentioned, Father. Lord, the brother that was in the car wreck, Lord, I ask you to be with him. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, just for his safety, Lord. I'm sure it could have been much worse, Lord. Lord, there's so many sick, Lord, among us, Lord. There's so many requests. Father, Lord, we know, Lord, that you are that healer, Lord. Lord, you are that deliverer. And Father, Lord, that's who we're calling upon, Lord. Lord, I ask you to be with Brother Keith. Lord, restore him, Lord, 100%, Father. Lord, just touch him, Lord. Touch his body. Father, once again, Lord, just thank you, Lord, just for this opportunity to be here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have your seats for a few moments. Just continue to praise and worship for a few more minutes before we have our uh, 
Brother Aaron come out and give us the, the word. Amen. Let's sing the little song, Let Your Word Be Born. Keep C will be fine. Was a tiny little stable, all beaten and worn, hardly a place for a king to be born. He didn't choose some place special to reveal his majesty. So I know if I'll give him control, he'll be born in. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let it live in me. Let it start living inside this house of clay and mold it every day. Let your word be much to behold, unlikely the place for His Word to unfold. But if I'll just yield this vessel and let Him have His way from glory unto glory, He'll change me day by day. Let Every day, 
let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Hallelujah. Let's sing that little song, key of F, please, through it all. As he taught you patience through it all, friends. Man, we're still learning. Hallelujah. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There were times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation he gave me blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong hallelujah Trust in Jesus, oh, I've learned to trust in God through it all, well, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Well, I've been Jesus, oh, I've learned. 
our evening offering, and we'll just continue our praise and worship and our tithing. Amen. As Brother Aaron is making his way to come forward, we'll just sing that song, There's None Like You. Brother Ethan, if you'd lead us in prayer. Let's try that in the key of F, sister. There is none like you. Yes. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity. And find there is none like you. Well, there is none like you, Jesus. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I could search for all eternity. And find there is none like you. Oh, there is none like you. No one else can touch my heart like you do. And I can search for all eternity. Come to know the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love and hold me close and let your love surround me, yes. bring me and draw me to your side, and as I wait, I'll rise up like the My mind 
like egos is if we rise in the power of your love it's not going to be by our own works or by our own wisdom it's going to be through the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit we ask Lord tonight that you come and be with us Father as we have gathered here some have traveled a long distance some have left many things that they were doing that this service may not be in vain Lord may you just come and just dwell in our midst Father, the prayer requests that have been read tonight, we want to remember them, Lord. We want to bring them before your throne, knowing that you are the judge that has the final verdict. We know that you, have, you are the, the, the highest court of appeal, and there is no other place where we can go but to come to you. Lord, may you, may you, may you help our precious brother, Joe Drums. Help, Lord, the Pascals. Help, brother Mary, sister Mary Smith, be with them, Lord. All the difference that ones that aren't feeling well, brother Keith Buchanan. May you just your angels be with him tonight, as 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 as, as he had a rough day. We pray, Lord, that you may just strengthen him, oh God, through this battle. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. We pray, Amen. God bless you. You may have your seats. We greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Thank you so much, musicians. Uh, so much enjoyed the song service uh, in the back there. Uh, Brother Barry Coffey could not be here tonight, um, but you get to enjoy the message of the. <laughs> he's, uh, he's traveling um, on a spring break with Sister Becky. They'll be back over this weekend. And gentle reminder for our international dinner on Sunday. Looking forward to enjoying all the different uh, cuisines, uh, Pakistan, Zimbabwe, America, uh, Latin, Hispanic, you, you name them. Uh, I don't know what is native to America, but we'll see. <laughs> I feel like everything in America comes from somewhere. Pizza, they say it's from Italy, you know, so we'll see. <laughs> all right, let's, let's stand upon our feet and let's open our Bibles from, uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse... 27. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 
27. The, if you have it, you can say amen. The Bible reads, and his, and his word yet once more. No, no, sorry, I'm reading chapter 12. Sorry, um, chapter 11, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I like that last part. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. You may have your seats. Uh, for a little uh, title, tonight we want to talk about the supernatural. There are different facets to this uh, uh, little topic of the supernatural. By the grace of God tonight, we'll try to touch just a portion of it. It's, it's usually those things that the devil tries to muddy. That, that's where we, we have a lot of God's blessing. Sometimes when we talk, want to talk about, uh, for example, the Holy Ghost, in, 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 to some people it sounds like a controversial stu- subject, yet is the greatest blessing and it's the birthright for every child and daughter of God. But where you find the best apples, that's where you find the scarecrows. That's where the devil fights. That's where, you know, ministers fight and say, you know, the the doctrine is this way, is that way. But somewhere in the middle, there is the right way of approaching every Bible subject. Hallelujah. Or when you talk about the seals, right, if we talk about the supernatural, if you talk about gifts, sometimes they may come across as polarizing subjects, yet they are not supposed to be polarizing. The word of God is not polarizing. The word of God runs in continuity. And Brother Branham says, the Holy Ghost, if you have the Holy Ghost, one evidence of the Holy Ghost is to punctuate every word with an amen. Amen. You cannot say you have the Holy Ghost and you want some portion of the word, but you don't like certain portions of the word. If you love the Holy Ghost, you have to love every word of God. And if you are a minister of God, you cannot preach just one part of the Bible. God does not make his ministers like that. You have to preach all the parts of the word. You have to bring the whole counsel of God. That's that's one thing that I've enjoyed uh, sitting under the ministry of Brother Barry Coffey, is that he he has a very balanced way of approaching the word. You know, uh, he's not just emphasizing one portion or, you know, he's, 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 he's preaching the whole Bible. And the Holy Ghost can minister to different needs, to different people, to different, you know, uh, people in their different walks of life. The, whole, the Word of God is a land. The Holy Ghost is a land. And, and, and we, we were not given the land like the physical land of Israel. We were given a spiritual land. And every corner of the land is our land. There is no corner of the land that we don't want. Every part of the, of the land is our land and it's our inheritance. And we have to guard every inch of our territory. Praise be the, the name of the Lord. America is 50 states, right? Some, po- some parts of America are very cold. You know, if you go to Alaska, it's very, very cold. Uh, if you go to Arizona, it's very hot. But that's all part of America. You can say, well... We're just going to disfellowship the people in Minnesota because it's, it's too cold up there. It's still as much part of America 
as Georgia, as South Carolina or Mississippi or Alabama. So as you travel, you meet different people, right? There, it's all, you know, the United States of America. So that's, that's, that's just like the word. There are certain parts of the word that are very, very hot. If, if, if you can, you know, put it in human terms. There are some parts of the word that seem a little bit cold, you know, depending on how you're approaching it. But it's all still the word, and it's part of God's mind. And we have to, uh, to have all of it. Yeah. Hallelujah. We cannot just get comfortable with one portion. We got to have all the milestones. When you, have, when you have children and they are growing up, the doctors look at milestones. You can't just rejoice over one little milestone. They have to, you have, the, 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 child, the children have to hit all the milestones for, for a certain age. Praise be to God. So, 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 so we want to approach this subject of the supernatural. Now Moses, as we have read in the, as we have read in the book of Hebrew, that he forsook Egypt. And he did not fear the wrath of the king. Now, think about uh, defecting from Russia, right? That's exactly what, what, what Moses was. And, and when we read the Bible, we say, oh, Moses was a Hebrew. But in the palace of Pharaoh, Moses was not a Hebrew. Moses was one of them. There's, there was a man who defected from Russia recently, and I, I read an, a, a newspaper article. It says he was shot in Spain yesterday or the day before yesterday. Why? Because he, how can you defect a, a great superpower like, like Russia? So, but Moses was taking such a stance when he, was, when he was forsaking Egypt, when he was running away from Pharaoh, right? And he, 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 you know, he knew all the classified secrets of Egypt. He knew a lot. And, and, and being a prince, you can't just disappear like that. You have to follow the, uh, the, the, the protocols. But the Bible says that Moses did not fear because he endured as seeing him who is, not, who is invisible. And this is the crust of my message today, the supernatural. I believe there are certain things you can only do when you meet the supernatural of God. There are certain heights you can only reach if you have had a supernatural encounter with an almighty God. There are certain, there's a certain level of faith you can only have once you meet the invisible one. There are things that can be explained to you. There are things that you can read about. There are things that you can hear about. But there is a moment in time when you, as a person, have to meet the supernatural of God. Hallelujah. And when we talk about the supernatural, some people want to just say it's just speaking in tongues. That's not the supernatural. Speaking in tongues is just a gift of the Holy Ghost. But there are many, many manifestations that God can deal with an individual. And seeing the supernatural... Some people want to, to talk about, you know, a group ex experience, right? Or a group revival. The days of group revivals are over. God right now is dealing with individuals. So when we're talking about having a supernatural experience, we are talking about you as an individual meeting God in your own personal way and having an assurance that I met God. And no matter what happens in my life, I have got an anchor because I met him. I was not told about him. I did not just read about him, but I made him face to face. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why John says that which was from the beginning. 
which our eyes have seen. John says we, 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 we handled the word. You have to handle the word with your own bare hands. And he says, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Because remember, Jesus Christ said, you shall be my witnesses. And if you cannot be a witness unless you see something personally. You, can, you are not admissible in court as a witness unless you have, you cannot say, you cannot give a, a hearsay. I was called one time to a hearing as a possible witness, <laughs> right? It's because of something that somebody had done, you know, at work. And they said, uh, Aaron, I would like to talk to you confidentially if you don't mind. What time would it be con- convenient for you? And I told them. And then, you know, we had a meeting. They said, well, this issue came across. Uh, would you be able to give us details? First of all, were you present when this, this, this was said? You can't say, well, I had somebody say that, say this. No, 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 you, you cannot do that. You, you have to give an account of your own personal experience. And I told them, when this thing specifically was said, I was not in the room. I'm sorry, I could not be of, of good help. They said, okay, thank you, you enjoy your day. I could not be a witness Although I, knew, I, know, I know that something happened and I heard about it and I was very close, but I was not in the room when it happened. Therefore, I was disqualified from being a witness in that case because I did not have the experience. And for you to be a witness of Jesus Christ, you got to have an experience with him. And it's not for someone to tell you every witness gives his own account. You cannot tell a witness, hey, this is how you're going to tell, say the story. This is, not, this is how you're going to tell them. This is how you saw. The witness has to give his own account and in his own words and in, within, on his own terms. And now I'm afraid that in, in these last days, you know, people want to tell people what to do. Want to tell people what to manifest. You cannot do that. God deals with people personally and differently. And each person has to have their own witness account. Of what they saw. If you ask five people about the same event, some will give you a little different detail. Some, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those are witnesses, right? And Luke talks more about women, right? He talks about Elizabeth. He talks about this uh, the sacrificial woman. He talks about this. And Mark emphasizes something else. And John emphasizes something else. But they all witness the same thing. It's not going to be the same single story. Everybody come here speaking tongues. It's not going to be like that. Those, those things are all right. And I, and I say with great humility by the grace of God that I had my own experience you know, speaking in tongues and things like that. But that is not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. And that does not mean that, you know, I, I, they, they, there's something special. That's nothing. That's just an experience that you have. But you cannot build your life on that. You have to have something that anchors within your heart that nobody can explain out of you. Nobody can explain into you. Your parents cannot give you. Your pastor cannot give you. God himself has to give you that. And the reason why we preach like this is for you to have a hunger. You can never meet God unless you are hungering for God. God, before he can visit people, they have to be expecting him. God creates a hunger. That's how a revival starts. If you read all the volumes of, of, of the books from, from, from time immemorial, whenever God was dealing with people, 
was people had to have a thirst. People had to have a hunger for God. And that hunger is no longer in the hearts of people today. People have become, things of God have become so common. We've, become, we've come to a place where we, we say we are just predestinated. We are the bride. We don't need anything. But you know what? That is why sometimes we are faced with many complicated situations. Because God has, has gone a little bit far from us. And by the grace of God, we are trying to bring God back in our lives. Hallelujah. And remember, being a child of God and walking with God are two different things. I am a son of Joshua Ningomaza. That's my dad, right? He is my father. But I may not be in speaking terms with my father. He can still be my father, but I may not be in speaking terms with him. So Jesus is your father. I don't dispute that. You believe the word. But are you in speaking terms with him? Are you communion with him? When was the last time you picked up the phone to talk to him? When was the last time he spoke back to you? So a relationship has to have certain things. It's more than just saying, well, I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe that. But are you walking with God daily in your life? Amen. Praise be to the, the name of the Lord. Sometimes that's why we scramble when a situation comes. Oh, I need to fast. We try to crank up faith. Things don't work like that. You have to walk with God. When a situation arises, you stand on your position and say, Lord, I'm waiting upon you. That is not the season to be running and say, oh, let's run, let's do this. You have to walk with God every day. You can't start coming to church when the doctor gives you bad news. You can't start praying when something happens. You have to have the supernatural working in your own life. Hallelujah. So Moses, he forsook Egypt because he saw God. He saw something that was invisible. Moses saw a burning bush. Moses saw something that was beyond science. He, and who wrote about Moses seeing the burning bush? It was Moses himself giving a testimony of what he saw. Hallelujah. The supernatural. This sermon is called the supernatural, but if you really look at it, it's also called the atmosphere. The prophet in this book called the supernatural, if you go and read it, 90% of the time he's talking about the atmosphere. So when we're talking about the supernatural today, part one, we are emphasizing on the atmosphere. Because without the atmosphere, there is nothing that can happen without the right atmosphere. God dwells in a certain atmosphere. And the power of God is present in a certain atmosphere. God does not just work randomly. God requires a certain condition. Praise be to God. God is very, very, very specific. That's why when he would give a vision to the prophet, things had to be in a certain way. A certain lady had to be sitting at a certain place. Someone had to be doing a certain thing. God is very specific like that. And the Holy Ghost works by atmosphere. If you look at people that have been used by God, some of them were not great mighty preachers. Some of them were not great educated folks. But one common thing was the atmosphere they would bring. 
And a gift is something that unlocks an atmosphere. It's like music. Music, it breaks down certain walls. Music opens certain channels. Music brings certain atmospheres. Music in itself does not do anything. But it's a catalyst. It's a, it, it brings a certain channel. Hallelujah. That's why we have the, the you know, COD. That's why we have you know, conduct order and doctrine. That's why we have song service. We're, we are trying to bring an atmosphere. Because the supernatural God cannot manifest himself if there is no right atmosphere. And when we are talking about an atmosphere, it does not start in church. An atmosphere, you have to have it every day of your life. You carry an atmosphere when you are home. You carry an atmosphere when you are at work. You carry an atmosphere when you are with your family. And you bring that atmosphere to church. And you are responsible for the atmosphere that you bring to church. Whether people will be healed or not. But the prophet says God will hold you responsible for that. And it's our responsibility as parents to, have, to create the atmosphere in our homes. For the young people to receive the Holy Ghost, it's not going to take rocket science. It just takes the right atmosphere. Because the seed is already laying in their hearts. But sometimes, because of our selfishness, we don't want to create that atmosphere. It may not be for yourself. What about the person sitting next to you? They are desperate for healing. The little girl sitting next to you, they are desperate for receiving the Holy Ghost. Someone is calling out, Lord, help me. The prophet says, when he was praying for the sick, the angels are calling one to another. And the demons are calling one to another. What's going to win depends on your attitude. That's what the prophet says. So for the supernatural to come, we have a responsibility to bring the atmosphere. The prophet says, now for a little, uh, uh, for a little, um, uh, now the thing we want to talk on this morning for a little while is the supernatural. We are hungry for the supernatural. How many are hungry for the supernatural? I'm hungry for the supernatural because you know what? There are many prayer needs here. I, I'm not, I don't want the supernatural just to have a stuffed shirt to go around and tell people, oh, I saw an angel. That doesn't add value to anyone. I don't want to have a supernatural just so that I can create a name for myself. It doesn't help anyone. There is no reward in heaven for me to stand here and say, brothers and sisters, yesterday I was praying and I saw a flicker of light. That sounds good, but there's no reward for that. But there's a reward if I win a lost sinner. There's a reward if I win a lost brother. There's a reward if we pray for people that are sick and they are, reward- and they are healed. And the supernatural is not to vindicate ourselves. The supernatural is to help God's people. And the ministry today, they've abused these things for personal vindication. Until people, they crank up the church to where there has to have some tongue every service. Things don't work like that. God does not use vain repetition. Where just someone just raises up and say, oh, my servant Aaron is here. He's going to speak to you. Next week is the same thing. God is not in vain repetition. God is not the author of confusion. God is the God of peace. Hallelujah. So even if 
I have my own personal experience. What benefit would it be if I bring it here if it's not going to help someone? But if it helps someone, then it edifies the church. Because remember, the purpose of gifts is for the edification of the body. So anything that you are doing, if it's not edifying the body, throw it away. I don't care what it is. Throw it away. If it's singing, it's to edify the body. If it's preaching, it's to edify the body. If it's playing the guitar, you are edifying the body. You don't do things for yourself, but it's for the perfection of the saints. Hallelujah. And that's why we come. It's for, you are coming to help someone. You are bringing something to help the church. When you, when you are a special singer, you are edifying the church. And we have to create an atmosphere that somebody doesn't even need their hands to be laid on. They just walk in church, they walk out, and the disease is gone. There has to be an atmosphere of love in the church. But the supernatural can never happen if the atmosphere is people just backbiting one another, talking bad about each other. You know, at work, they invest millions and millions of dollars to create what they call a good work culture. But if you really define that in Bible terms, it's just an atmosphere. They say, don't say these things because it will cause a toxic work environment. Don't do this. Don't do this. Because they, they, they spend lots and lots of money to, to make sure that at the workplace, there is a right atmosphere. But they call it a culture. They say they call it a good working environment. And they take that very, very seriously. Now, we as Christians, knowing the Bible and the scriptures that we know, how much investment must we do in our own homes, in our own lives, in our own church, to make sure that we have the right kind of atmosphere for the supernatural to be in our midst? Sometimes love brings healing when you just love the brother. But when you are sitting in an atmosphere where you are, you know, suspicious of someone or thinking bad about something, the devil is in those little things. And you know what? He's just trying to break the atmosphere. Why is that brother doing that? Why is that this? You know what? Just say, devil, leave me alone. I love my brother. And you go pray for that brother. You go pray for that sister. If we are in in this church praying one for the other, I'm telling you there will be such a powerful atmosphere that people will drive from, 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 from up in New York just to come and attend one service. Just to say, I, I just want to attend one service at, at HBT. Why? Because of the atmosphere. We can learn all the guitar chords in all the world. We can play all the music in all the world. But if our hearts are not conditioned right, we would not bring the right atmosphere, friends. We have to bring the right atmosphere for the supernatural to work in our midst. Hallelujah. Now, this is a wonderful church. Nothing against this church. But we are preaching to each other, right? I don't want to talk about some other church. I, I like to, for the Holy Ghost to deal with us. You know, all of us, and myself included. Right? Now, the prophet says, we are trying to place God in some, in some prehistoric, some historical God. But what good does a historical God, what good does a historical God do today? What benefit is the God of Elisha to a man today if he isn't the same? 
Imagine if somebody is sick and they say, ah, Brother Branham prayed for Congressman Upshaw. What benefit would it do to someone who is hungry today? And you tell them, oh, in 1945, we had plenty of bread. In, in, in 1963, those things are supposed to build our faith. But we have to have a living God. We have to have a God that lives in our midst. We have to have a continuation of the book of Acts. And it's everyone's responsibility. Some people say, you know what, I'm going to go to this church because I know this pastor does this. I'm gonna... It's not about a specific individual. It's about God working in the body. That's a Catholic spirit to think that, you know, one person does everything. God works through his body. That's why people go from place to place, church to church. You will never benefit anything. God wants to work with you as an individual. Hallelujah. Now, the prophet says in the message, the king of the south, he says, you ask any Bible reader, any theologian that's honest, and they will tell you that when the supernatural is displayed... It's the presence of God. God always brings supernatural because he is supernatural. And in every age, when he displays himself, it's in the supernatural. He does it because he loves people. And he loves to separate his believers from the unbelievers. Do you see that? God likes to display the supernatural because he loves his people. Right? And he likes to separate them from the unbelievers. Now, I'll show you a verse that ties to this. So, so the prophet here is saying that God always brings the supernatural to his people. He likes to, to display himself. And these are Bible facts, friends. Now, when we talk about these things, you know, the devil will start to bring imaginations where, you know, everyone is just screaming. Or, it's, it's, it's not kind of like that. I'm talking about personal walk with God, a personal relationship where maybe sometimes before you go to work, before you have a cup of coffee, you are praying there for 15 minutes, and then you just feel like God dropping a word in your heart. I'm talking about those intimate, you know, moments. I'm not talking about, you know, a public show that we have today where, you know, everyone is on camera, everyone is just running. I'm talking about a real solid experience that stays within Exodus chapter 11, verse, verse 7, verse 6. Let's, let's turn our Bibles to that one. The sweetest sound is the sound of Bibles being turned. I hope I don't see the day when people bring vision pros to church. And when we say open our Bibles, people say... I hope I won't see that day. (laughs) Exodus chapter 11, verse 6. The Bible says here, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like any more. But, but, against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, but you shall know how that the Lord doth put a difference between Egyptians and Israel. So the prophet says God loves to display the supernatural because 
He likes to put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. That's what the prophet says, right? Say, no, let me go back. If you read the last line, he says, he loves to separate his believers from the, the unbelievers, right? So, so, so according to God's program, the only way, the only difference between you and any other person in this world is the Holy Ghost. We have the same blood. We have the same everything. The only difference that's going to be between the church, the bride, and the world is the Holy Ghost. So here, the, God is saying, he says, I'm going to put, verse 7 says, the Lord doth put a difference between Egyptians and Israel. Now, I want to pause here and say, Brother Branham was just a, an ordinary man born to an Irish man and an Indian mother. But why today people want to visit where he was born, where he was buried? It's because, you know what, he met God. That's the main thing. It's because he met God. John Wesley was just, just like any other regular uh, English boy growing up in, in England, you know, going through different challenges just like any other young boy. But one day he met God. That's what makes the difference. The prophet says there is no holy mountain. There is no holy church. There is no holy place. But there is a holy God upon a mountain. What makes the mountain holy is God. If you take God, it's just like any other mountain. The difference that we have with the world is the Holy Ghost. Is the supernatural power of God operating in our lives. It's not just wearing a long dress. The, the Amish does it better. It's not just, you know, uh, 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 driving vans. Everyone, a lot of people in the suburbs, they drive vans. But there is something that has to be inside. There has to be a life that speaks itself, that is inside of our, of our hearts. And that's what God says when he says, I will put the difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Because remember, we are living in the last days where we have the mark of the beast and the seal of God. And it's not a physical mark. And it's not a physical seal. It's a spiritual seal of the Holy Ghost. It's not a physical mark. You know, people are looking for the physical mark. That's why they are very suspicious of the government. Anything that happens, whether it's COVID, whatever happens, people are always suspicious. Some say, oh, it's Y2K. Some say it's this. Anything, you know, people are, until people become paranoid, they know that there's something, but they don't know how it is, what it is. It's not a physical mark. It's not going to come just because, you know, uh, if this person comes into power, then all, all of a sudden we, everyone receives the mark of the beast. No. When you deny the Holy Ghost, the seal of God, then you receive the mark of the beast. That's what the Bible teaches, right? Let's continue reading because my time is running. Broken systems. The prophet says, there is no holy man. There is no holy church. It's a Holy Ghost, not a holy church. A holy people. It's a holy ghost among a people. That's what it is. Amen. Not a holy mountain where Peter and them stood. You look at Israel. Israel, we call it the holy land. But if I, would be, if I was asked to choose between Israel and Switzerland, I would definitely choose Switzerland. Because I feel like Switzerland is much nicer with all the Alps, right? But Israel is just like a, a, a desert, 
But it's a holy land because God chose that place. It's a holy land because God says, this is where I will be. This is where my temple shall be. This is where Jerusalem shall be. God makes the difference. If you take God out of Israel, who wants this? Who wants that piece of land? It's just nothing. It's just like a small, tiny strip, right? I mean, from the natural eyes. But it's so precious to everyone. Why? Because God chose that place. So God is the one that sanctifies things. God is the one that makes a difference. What makes a difference between a good husband and a bad husband is the Holy Ghost. What makes a difference between a good wife and a bad wife is the Holy Ghost. You can read everything that you can read in books, but until you meet God, there's not going to be any difference in your life. We have to have the supernatural working in our own life. And people became carnal about it. They thought the supernatural is the third book. Everyone's going to be walking around and say, I speak a, a tower into existence, or I speak a cabin in Tennessee. I speak. It's not carnal like that. It's not carnal like that. I've seen people doing that, running to the altar. Oh, I speak, I speak. Nothing is going to happen because people are approaching it in a carnal way. It's the Holy Ghost walking with you daily. The Holy Ghost walking with the prophet daily. He's hunting his squirrel, and the Holy Ghost asks him, do you want a squirrel? Simple like that. Hallelujah. It's just an everyday walking with Jesus. And I think I said it here before, that whenever, wherever the third pool was manifested, it wasn't in church. It was just a daily walking, right? When they were fishing, they said, little fishy, I give you back your life, Right? When, when the prophet was, you know, in Hattie's house, when they were just having, having fellowship. So the atmosphere is not just a church, you know, a convention. It's not just a, a camp or a meeting. It's the Holy Ghost working with you wherever you are. And you say, little fishy, I give you back your life in the name of Jesus. Praise be to God. So I'm glad that those manifestations, they did not happen in church. Because people would want to pin it to a church. It's not a church experience. It's the Holy Ghost working in individuals. When you are a plumber, you are fixing pipes, and you just feel like taking a break to pray, and then just God speaks to you. Something happens, right? Or maybe you're fixing something, and you're not quite sure, how does this connect to this? You have no idea. You say, well, let me just pray. And you just pray, and then God just shows you, and then things just work out. That's God working in simplicity among his people. Yes. Prophet says every revival produces twins. Certainly does. There is twins born in natural man and a spiritual man. Cain and Abel, one was, uh, was spiritual, one was carnal. You talk about Jacob and Esau. One was a carnal man, a natural man, and one was a spiritual man. Now, Abraham had two seeds. He had Ishmael and he had Isaac. But the son of the promise is the spiritual man, which is Isaac. So the, 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 the Bible says in the book of Romans that the seed is recognized according to the promise. So Isaac was the one that was born by the promise. So he is the true seed of Abraham. And those that are born by the promise of the Holy Ghost, they are the true seed of Abraham. Anyone can come to church like Ishmael, 
But only those that are born according to the Spirit, according to the promise that in the last days I shall send you Elijah. In the last days I shall pour out my Spirit. When you accept that word and you are born by that word, then you are sons of the promise. So when we are talking about the, about the supernatural, there is a natural man. The prophet says he doesn't care about the supernatural. All he cares about just living his natural life. I just shoot deer. I just go fishing. Nothing. I just play golf. There is no, there is no desire for God. There is no desire to see more of God in his life. There is, no, there is nothing. You're just a natural man. Now we have to get away from that mindset. And go to the other mindset of Jacob where he was seeking the birthright. It meant something to him. But Esau was what, 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 what does the, the birthright do to me? Who cares about the birthright? I'm hungry. Just give me soup. Right? As long as I'm going to church, as long as you know, I'm born from, from, from my parents, Isaac, I don't, need, I, don't need, I don't need all this stuff. I don't need drama. Right? But the other twin is a spiritual person. And normally the natural twin persecutes the spiritual twin. Right? Because every revival, so the, the Branham revival produces twins. The Welsh revival, every revival produces twins. So you don't want to be the natural man where you're just satisfied with your routine life, Right? I just do barbecue on Saturday, hang out with my friends, I play ping pong. There is no desire for God inside. There is no thirst for, 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 for righteousness. You're not even trying to live a holy life. You're not even trying to overcome sin. You're not living, even trying to look aside. Why? Because we become a natural man. But a spiritual man is a desire for God. How can I please God? How can I have a better walk with God? How can I clean my life more? How can I have more experience with God in my life? How can I, how can I pray more? How can, what can I do to reach out to this brother? What can I do to help? That's the spiritual man that God is looking for. That's David. God says, I found a man after my own heart. Because David was out there saying, singing you know, psalms. There was not just, you know, there were, some, but there were many shepherds in, in, in Israel. Some were just doing their routine work, you know, grudgingly. Oh, these sheep, oh, we, just, we get to do this every day. Oh, the big brothers are out there, you know. But, 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 but David, they, he was looking at the sheep and he was writing psalms. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Right? There was, there was something spiritual about heading sheep. He was seeing God in sheep. He was seeing God... When the lion came to attack the sheep, he was seeing God when the bear would come and attack the sheep. He was seeing God in his life. He was not someone who was grumbling and grungling and murmuring all the time. He was looking for God. Praise be to God. Now the prophet says, and always it takes the miraculous to speak of omnipotence. Omnipotence is the all-powerful and it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence. And only the miraculous can do that. That's why this message, it did not come with just a bunch of theology. It came with a supernatural vindication. And we did not believe cunningly devised fables. We, we believed 
a vindicated word. Some people may want to, you know, criticize the prophet. They, everyone, you know, the, Moses was criticized. Jesus Christ was criticized. Paul was criticized. That's part of the ministry. Every picture must go through the hall of criticism. That's just part of the word. Praise be to God. Now, let's continue reading here. Today, the time is running too fast. <laughs> the junction of time. The prophet says, Teaching of the word is a very fine thing. I love teaching, right? I, I tend to teach more than I evangelize. And we, we, I love teaching, right? But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. But it takes this miraculous to vindicate that the omnipotent still lives and reigns. Th- these are the words of the prophet. We must have the miraculous. And I believe that the church is now standing on the threshold of the greatest vindication of omnipotence that the world has ever seen. There has been, right? The prophet says that it takes the miraculous to vindicate the omnipotence, right? And that, that's exactly what it is in our own life. You got to have an anchor. You can't receive the Holy Ghost without sensation. And I'm, I'm not talking about, you know, receiving the Holy Ghost, because remember, you must be born again, right? That's just the foundation. I'm talking about walking daily with God. The Holy Ghost is not an event where you just check the box and say, I received the Holy Ghost, that's it. I'm t- when I'm talking about the supernatural, I'm talking about walking with God daily. I'm not talking about you know, an experience you had when you were 14 years old or something you can say when I was in, when I was in college, I prayed and this happened. Those things are fine. That's, that's what's your starting point. But you got to build from that and continue walking until you come to adoption. Amen. Until we come to the rapture. Amen. Hallelujah. We have to, which is, which is why it amazes me sometimes when young people, we send them to camp they, to seek the Holy Ghost. We, you know, we, we send them to, to revivals, to fear evangelists that bound them. As soon as someone gets married, that's done. Nobody asks them to go to camp. So does that mean that we no longer want the Holy Ghost just because we're married? Or you see people, they sing specials when they are single. They sing a lot of specials. As soon as they are married, it's gone. I wonder, wait, 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 does the gift, is it given up until marriage? Or it's given up until the rapture. If you, God gave you a gift to sing, you sing until you die. Amen. If God gave you a gift to preach, you preach until you die. Amen. And revival is not for the young people. We all want the revival. Amen. It's not just about you know, taking your credit card, paying for camp. I'm sending my son to camp. You also need camp. I'm sending my daughter. You also need to go on the altar. Oh, I'm so thankful my, my son had an experience. What about you? When was the last time you had your own experience? Friends, if you read this Bible, there's no such thing as youth camp, adult camp. Those things are okay. I support that 100%. But I'm just saying you can get comfortable to be like, well, these things are for the young people. No, the Holy Ghost is for everyone. Just because you have stayed so long in church, that, that, that doesn't mean that finally you have the Holy Ghost. 
you, you, you don't get absolved because of time. To say, well, I've, I've, I've held on for five years. Now everything is okay. You still have to walk with God every day. Even if you know that you have it, you still want more of him. Praise be to God. So we want the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost now. In our life, in our homes, in our church. We want to bring the fire of the Holy Ghost. It's not going to be the pastor bringing all the fire. Everyone has to bring their own lick of fire. We don't have a superman where we say, you know what, everyone is, this pastor, the pastor is going to do everything. We just give him a prayer request. We don't have to do anything. Things don't work like that. You have a part to play because Christ is coming to rapture a board. There are places where, you know, the pastor, he takes, every, he does everything. That's a Catholic spirit where you have the Pope is the Eucharist, the, the Holy One, the Holy Father. The, God doesn't work like that. God has children. And he works with his children. Some are gifted to preach. Some are gifted to play the piano. But the Holy Ghost is operating in each and every one of those people. Just because I'm ministering here, I'm not different than John Howell playing the drums. We are doing different ministries, but we are all ministering unto God. And, 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 and Brother Peter is, 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 is the same he has to pray the same way I have to pray when he comes and prays the guitar, right? There's, not, there's nothing that is less important than the other. If the brother is, is, is doing the, you know, the, on the technician booth, he has to pray, God, lead me, stay with me, Lord. Show me. You know, you can't, it can't just be a routine to say, I, I, I just know how to do the, you know, the technician. I, I, you know, I, I know how to do it, top of my head. I have got muscle, muscle memory. It has to be the Holy Ghost. Leading each and every one of us. Praise be to God. Now, the supernatural, I'm continuing with this sermon, and if if you have a chance, you can go and read it and and listen to it. Now, the prophet says, but it's the attitude of the people that brings the results. That's the reason at Pentecost, they had to go to an upper room and pray until the Holy Ghost came. Now, nobody told them that it was going to be 10 days. We know in hindsight, but they didn't know. They were just praying. Imagine 10 days. I'm talking about a week and a half. They didn't give up. They had the same mind. They said, you know what? God promised us that we are going to receive the Holy Ghost. The prophet says the reason why sometimes people don't see visions is they don't pray long enough. That's what the prophet says. Sometimes we don't, one time he says, sometimes God doesn't speak to us because we don't stay long enough to hear him speak back to us. That's what the prophet says. But these people, they were not thinking about their laundry. They were not thinking about summer vacations. They were not thinking about books to read. They were not, because you know what? The enemy has come to a point where we are so busy until it's, a, it's an impediment, really, to just... Sit someone still. I'm guilty because it's really now tax season, audit season. I become very busy that when I get home, I just throw my bag <laughs> and I want to go to sleep. Right? Until it, it just, you don't have time to really, you know, even just have a quiet time with God. The prophet says it's the atmosphere that brings the results. It's not a, it's not a gifted brother to say, 
oh, Brother Aaron is here. Something is going to happen. No, 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 no. If the atmosphere, if you come with an expectation, you're going to get something. The difference between meetings and a normal church is expectation. That's part, that's part two of my sermon, expectation. The supernatural takes expectation. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about part two, part two today. We'll stick with part one, atmosphere. The prophet, uh, Jesus Christ, or well, the prophet from Galilee, our Lord, he spoke about the parable of the sower. And he gives four scenarios. He says, some fell upon the wayside. Some fell upon the stony places. Some fell upon the thorns. But some fell upon good ground. And I remember when we were young, we used to sing a song in Sunday school in our local language. Like the, the sower went to sow his seed, right? And we would sing all these, all these different categories. And if you look at it, you know, this also speaks about the atmosphere, right? Say so some fell upon the wayside. The fowls, they came and they devoured. And, the prophet, and, and Jesus Christ, he tells us that that's what the devil comes and takes him because he has no understanding. That's what Jesus Christ said. It's the people that did not have understanding. That's why we take people to take time to teach people the word. That's why we, we encourage young people to come to Sunday school. Because you need to have an experience, but you also need to have an understanding. That's why the Bible says, aid to your faith, knowledge. Aid to your faith, knowledge. Virtue, temperance, patience. You can't just say, I have faith. That is not everything. That is the foundation. But you have to know what you believe. You have to know what is baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to know what, what is the mystery of, of the God yet. Praise be to God. The prophet says, Jesus Christ said, but because they did not have understanding, the devil, the fowls, they devoured. Like people today who criticize the message, a lot of them, if you sit down with them, they really don't understand the Bible. I'm not talking about the message, just the Bible, basic Bible teaching. And he says, some fell upon stony places. And Jesus Christ said, these are the people that rejoice when the word comes. Hallelujah! You know, they're dancing in church. Right? It says, until tribulation comes. When tribulation comes, you know what happens? The sun scorched these seeds. And the, Jesus Christ says, they become offended when tribulation comes. He says, I'm a message believer. How can this happen to me? I've been serving God for 20 years. I've been faithfully paying my tithes, doing everything. How can this happen to me? Stony places. It says, the sun scorched them. And they died. And people leave church. The third group, Jesus Christ says, these are the seeds that fell upon the thorns. Right? And he says, the thorns choked them. And, and he says, what is the thorns? How many knows that? What the thorns are? He says, it's the riches and the cares of this world. Two things. He says, these things... They choked the word, the word and they, became, they become unfruitful. Riches and the cares of this life. And the prophet says in the message, Laodicea, I'm closing very soon. He says, the burden for this age, Laodicea, is a pressure for soft living. He says, it's the pressure for riches. 
Until people, I'm telling you, people can hardly find time to come to church because people are busy. They're looking for top dollar. They're looking for green king dollar. You know, people, the cares of this life, they care about the paint on their house. They care about, you know, their vacation plans. They care about many, many cares. Those things have their place. But it can come to a place where you are overburdened with those things until it chokes the word. Until all your, your life you spend your, your time thinking about what is the best uh, way by, by grill. I want to buy one for summer. What about this? What about this? What about this? You know, until, you know, we, we as Americans, and I say we because I'm, I'm also living here, right? We have become very, very good at that. We care so much about the things of this life until it chokes the word out. The last group, this is you and me now. Jesus Christ says these are the seeds that fell upon good ground. And they brought forth fruit, hundredfold, sixtyfold. And they had enough dirt that they had roots. The tribulation came, the sun came, but they held on. Sicknesses came, they held on. Trouble came, they held on. Financial trouble came, they held on. You know, marriage troubles came, they held on. Because you know what? They were seeds and they were planted on good ground. You could be seed, but you have to be in the right atmosphere. It was Paul talks about shipwrecked faith, which is, which is another subject. Just like the prophet would talk about premature death. You are still a son of God, but you can have a premature death naturally, and you can have a premature death spiritually. Praise be to God. We just hear that our brother so-and-so has gone to, to be with the Lord. Because the Lord has taken him, right? Now, in the message, the supernatural, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm quoting too much in, the, in, in one message, but sometimes it's good to take one subject and beat it to death. <laughs> you believe that. Let every man and a woman in this building this morning, boy or girl, get everything from their mind. How many things occupy? You see, this is why you have things like TikTok and because they are so popular, because they, it's a short video. It doesn't take your attention. Because we have an attention crisis in this age. There's so much competing for people's attention. The world is producing things like no one has ever seen. Somebody says, Americans, they watch, I don't know how many trillion years of content. <laughs> like there's HBO, there's Amazon, there's Netflix, there's, oh, there's everything that, that's one, someone, someone's attention. And you know what attention, what attention is? It's not the attention of your face. It's the attention of your mind. Because you can't just watch something and it doesn't go to your mind. Otherwise, you are not watching anything, right? But you watch something and then it goes into your mind. So, so there is a fight to capture your mind. You know, there are 60 news channels. I mean, how many news channels would you need? Frankly, in a normal situation, just two is enough if they say the truth, Right? But this one is competing. This one is competing. This one is, this one is breaking news on this one. So everything, here the prophet says, get everything from their mind but the Lord Jesus and believe that he is standing present right now. And you will see something happening that will cause headlines in the newspaper in the morning. That's right. It's atmosphere. It's atmosphere. Tell your neighbor it's atmosphere. 
It's atmosphere. I can't hear you. It's atmosphere. <laughs> Praise be to God. And the prophet says, but that's the hardest thing there is to do. And that is to get people in that atmosphere. The atmosphere of worship. The atmosphere of believing. That's the hardest thing. You know, the Bible talks about being lukewarm in, 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 in Revelation chapter 3. It says, because you are lukewarm, if the musicians can come, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now, why, what is the danger of being lukewarm? Now, if you are cold, you know, do you know in, if you go to Siberia or like the Arctic, there is what, they, what is called the permafrost. It's the permanent f- things that are frozen for hundreds of years. There, there is like mammoth animals, there is like bacteria that is frozen, like from medieval you know, diseases. It doesn't hurt people. Why? Because it's, in, it's frozen forever. Then you go to where there are hot volcanoes, right? Nothing lives there. But in between where it's lukewarm, that's where the danger is. Friends, if you are in the atmosphere of lukewarmness, you are more in danger than someone who is out in the world. If you are lukewarm, if, if you want to see where, where germs breed, and bacteria and viruses, they breed in lukewarmness. They, they don't breed where somebody's hot and, you know, is on fire or somebody's in the world. That's why you see when people leave church, they are worse than people that were in the world. Because you are in, you are in more danger. The prophet Jesus Christ said, it's like a demon leaves a man. It goes and finds seven more powerful demons, and the situation is worse. So we got to have an atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. But if we have a a lukewarm atmosphere in our lives, it's going to be a very, very tough struggle. Because it's it's like pests, right? Rats and cockroaches, they want a certain atmosphere. That's why if you go to some places, if I take you to Africa, some places, just turn off the light. And you see a whole lot of creatures. They start to come up. You know, they, <laughs> but once if they, it's light, it's clean, everything is cleaned up, you won't see those things. But where there is darkness, where there is lukewarmness, where there is you know, food lying around, you see a lot of bugs and pets and, and pests and, and things like that. There were people who came for pest control. They said, number one way of controlling pests in your house is keeping the right atmosphere. If you're throwing food around everywhere, the, the ants will come, right? Because they're looking for food. You're breeding a certain kind of atmosphere for pests to come. And you can create an atmosphere where you say, brother, I don't know why the devil is attacking me. You are creating atmosphere. You can create an atmosphere where all the boys in the world, they are looking for you. Say, oh, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Every boy wants to get my number. What are you doing? If you are living in the atmosphere of Christ, nobody finds you entertaining. They won't bother you. But you can be so much on the fence until the world wants to recruit you. Nobody's interested to take me to a football match. (laughs) 
People in the world say, oh, Aaron is just a Christian, old Christian guy. Just, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. He's a nice guy, but this is not his kind of thing. Nobody's going to give me tickets to go and, and to, have, to a Halloween party. Because they know that this, just, this, this will not work, right? But you can be so much on the fence until the world feels like you are one of them. And we want to have the right atmosphere. Let's stand up on our feet. Play something softly. I apologize if I said something that wasn't quite right, but Lord knows my heart. I love you, and I love the Lord. I, I don't see any substance in going out, invited, preaching somewhere, and I'm not able to preach my heart here at home. Because we have children that are growing up in the church. They have to hear the word. They have to learn at the feet of Jesus. Praise be to God. Let us pray. If you have a desire, you can show by raising your hand. God sees your heart. God sees your hand. If you need a revival, God can give you a revival. You don't need a special minister to come. It's your faith. Jesus Christ says, your faith makes you whole. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord, because you created us to be like amateur gods, to be people that can create an atmosphere. We know that the prophet teaches us that a man can create an atmosphere and live in it. Father, we are asking for divine love in this church. We want so much of brotherly love until sinners will come here and repent before they hear a sermon. Father, we want to love each other so much until if people are sick, walk into this building, they have healing in their hearts. We want to have so much love and a love atmosphere, Lord. When somebody is suffering from anxiety, they feel rest. They have a therapy when they walk in this church, in this building. Lord, we want to have such a wonderful atmosphere that our children want to stay in our homes. That even if they leave our homes, they, they feel like coming back. Because we have the Holy Ghost atmosphere. Lord, even if some of our friends, Lord, they have unbelieving spouses, help us, Lord, to have the right kind of atmosphere that it will convict the other fellow. Lord God, for we cannot do it within ourselves. Help us tonight, oh God. We raise our hands to you, knowing, Father, that it doesn't take muscles or a hoarse voice, but it takes something from the inside. Lord Jesus Christ, there are many people that are needy in this hour. Many are sick, many are feeble, Lord. Many are calling to you. But Father, help us, Lord. We are asking, Father, for a revival. Not a, a national revival that we can show people, but something, Lord, that when we go out to our work, to our different walks of life, people can see Jesus. Lord God, you said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. That's our desire tonight, Lord. We want to walk closer and closer to you. We want to commune with you. When we sing the song, Father, we want to mean it from, from our hearts that he walks with me. He walks beside me. Oh, Lord, how we thank you, Father, for your anointing. Help us, Lord. The faith that was once delivered, the power that was once given, the Holy Ghost that was once poured out, that people would come in the tabernacle and they would stand for hours, not having a place to sit, but they would not feel the pain because of the atmosphere that was, one, that was in the church. Lord, you did it with our prophet. 
You can do it again with us, with every one of us, with every individual. Forgive our sins, Lord. Forgive our iniquities. Sanctify us wholly, Lord, as we rededicate our lives to you. We thank you, Father, and we commit this week into your hands. Bless our pastor, bless his family, and bless him, oh God, wherever he is. Give him travel mercies until we see each other at Jesus' feet. We thank you. We commit everyone into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Brother Jeremy, God bless you. Well, if anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, if anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, if anybody knows about the grace of Jesus, I do. I do Oh, if anybody knows About the grace of Jesus I do I do Let's think of his power now Well, if anybody knows About the power of Jesus Well, I do Yes, I do. Oh, if anybody knows about the power of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. If anybody knows of His love, well, if anybody knows about the love of Jesus, oh, I do. Yes, I do. Oh, if anybody knows the power of Jesus, I do. Yes, I do. Just any again.
song think about his love as we leave and as we sing this song you're free to go think about his love Love now, sing it as you go. Think about his love. 